for listening to Eternal Stance. I hope this message inspires you to live in light of eternity. So Matthew thirteen fifty three says this, When Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left the part of the country, or a part of the country. He returned back to Nazareth, his hometown. When he taught there in synagogues, everyone was amazed and said, Where does he get this wisdom and power to do miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter's son. We know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. All of his sisters live right here amongst us. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. And so he did not uh, so, and so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. Let's pray really quick. Oh, Jesus, we thank you, God, for your presence this morning. I ask you right now, God, as, as I speak, that you open up the hearts of every person in this, in this house, God. And uh, Lord, you know my heart and you know how much, Lord, I, I want to bring honor to your name. And uh, Father, I ask you right now that your, your presence might be felt here this morning, God. And uh, Father, we would get a new revelation of who you are. And we glorify you with our, with our lives and, and give you honor, Lord. And may Jesus we pray, Father, and we put everything we have in your name. Amen. Well, this morning, I want to talk to you about honor. And uh, I know that in a culture that is so, is so set on dishonor, it's not maybe the most popular topic that you want to choose. And, and I think as a preacher, a lot of times you kind of if you, it's easy to go with things that you know. Uh, I don't think I've ever preached on this subject before, and so give me grace if you see any mistakes or anything like that. But I wanted to speak on this because as a church, we need to start living our lives according to what the Bible says, not what the world says. Amen? And uh, I remember with my own family, like my own, uh, with my own parents, my parents never really spanked me or beat me, and I think I turned out okay, but... Um, one, thank you, Pastor Yuri. But one thing that I knew that if I did something wrong, my mom would just look at me and says, and she would say this, wait until your father gets home. You know what I'm talking about. When your mom says that, you're in trouble. And it's weird because my dad never really laid a hand on me, except the time when I poured really hot water on my brother's back and, you know, in anger, he slapped me. But other than that, like, he never really beat me. And But every single time... My mom would say that, like I would just, I get really, just, really stressed out every single time, and it was mostly because my parents really practiced, and I'm the youngest kid out of seven. So by the time they got to me, they know they knew how to raise a kid. So my dad would just look at me, and that was enough for me to just sort of start trembling. If we were in public, and I would kind of like do something weird. My dad would just look at me, and then I kind of got the message, and I would just really sit down and not do anything after that, because I knew what would happen at home. And usually nothing would happen at home. He would just give me a talk. But still, somehow, I had that fear of my dad, not because I feared him like, with like a worldly kind of fear. I just, I just really respected him, and he was a lot more powerful than I was. And if he wanted to, he could give me a good spanking, right? So... You know, growing up, I had that fear, I had that honor to respect authority. But it seems like today, if you follow the political discourse of this country right now, 
if you follow what's happening on TV and in culture, you're like, how did we get here? It's like a race who can get to the bottom faster, right? Who can say the worst put down, the worst disrespectful thing so they can trend on Twitter? Who can say, and it's just, we, we, we see a generation, and I thought our, my generation was disrespectful, but the new generation that's rising up, I'm like, what happened? What happened was we set the climate for it. We set the climate every single time we clapped, uh, every single time we clapped for idiots. Every single time you passed another video on Facebook of, of girls beating each other down. We created that culture. To look at what's happening in the political kind of like conversation discourse is just, is just people that hold offices that are supposed to be leaders and supposed to lead with honor and integrity. And no wonder now if you mention the, the word po- uh, politician is no longer held as, hey, th- these are people who you know, have power and they should be honored. It's more like, oh, all politician are co- uh, politicians are corrupt. People didn't say that about Abraham Lincoln. So, so I, I look in this climate that we have right now and my question is how do we get here a generation of you know neck poppers and finger snappers and like finger you know wiggling and other fingers that i can't show right like like that kind of generation of smart aleck and let me tell you let me and you're like uh you're 16 you know nothing about life yet well how did that happen well, it's one thing to look at a culture and say that, but I think if we're going to change the culture, it's going to have to start in the house of God. If we're going to affect the culture around us, it's going to have to start here. Now, I, I see nowadays young kids especially, like they, they say all these words, and like, do you guys remember the word groovy? Exactly. Unless you're you know, raised in the 80s, we don't say that anymore. But that was cool at some point right? Today, we have other words that people use, and everyone thinks they're cool. You want to be in style? Focus on things that were in style for the last 6,000 years, like honor and, and, and being respectful. There's nothing wrong with actually using from time to time, yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. Guys are called gentlemen because they were gentlemen, it has to start here. Now, I, 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 maybe you're thinking right now, this is a nice speech, but when are you going to preach, right? Like, um, I, I want to make that very clear, that God honors honor. And it's so hard for us to, to do that, because in the United States of America, we are so individualistic, where we are so set on it's what I, whatever I want to do, and whoever I want to you know, talk to, and whoever I want to give honor to, we don't have this concept of community is important, right? We have more about, about me, more about me. Now, there's people that consider community important, but to God, community is very important. And I think the problem we have such a hard time showing honor is because we approach God that is a king, not with a kingdom mindset, but with a democratic one. I just don't agree with that. Like, but see, the thing is, when it comes to God, it's not if you agree or you disagree. He is God. He is king. God is not going around asking for polls saying, do you agree with me or you don't? 
God is not going around saying, vote for me, please. God is not saying any of that. God says, either you serve me or you don't. It's up to you. But at the end of the day, I'm still God. And to show honor is to say, God is above me. God is God's, God transcends my humanity, and he's so much bigger than what I can say. So, so the only person that you can really argue at the end of the day is you might say, you know, you might show dishonor to your parents. You might show dishonor to a police officer. You might show dishonor to, you know, uh, the president. But when it comes to God, there's some really big eternal consequences when you show dishonor to God. You know why? Because dishonor is rooted in the spirit of rebellion. Guess who was the first person, well, I don't think it was a person, who was the first one who dishonored God? It was Lucifer. He was the one who said that I will go and take the seed of God and flip it on its head and I'm going to be bigger than him. He was the one who, while all the angels are showing honor, he decided to show dishonor. To, to, it's a pride issue. To show honor is to show humility. To show honor is to say, hey, you know what? You are higher in authority. And maybe I'm not, you know, I don't fully agree like when it comes to the, the authorities that we have in our lives. Because you, you know uh, by now that the Bible is very big on authority. It's a, it's a kingdom principle. You see, God doesn't show up where people take polls on what, because uh, on what, what they should do next. Because if you go by the majority, for the most part, the majority is always sometimes going to lead into the wrong direction. So just because a whole bunch of people agree doesn't make it right. God doesn't go with the mob. He goes with who, who he is. He says, either you respect me as God or you don't. Now, if you want to see God move in your life, you're going to have to show honor. If you look at the story in, when Jesus talks in uh, Matthew 13 and 53, this is a time where Jesus shows up to his own hometown. And, and he gets in the front of a whole bunch of teachers and preachers and so on and so forth and Pharisees, and he opens the scroll and he starts to read from Isaiah. And he says that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he goes on and on and on. And he says that today, today, this word has been fulfilled. So they, they, they agreed with everything that he read from Isaiah. But the moment Jesus said that today, this moment, this scripture has been fulfilled, they're like, honey, honey, isn't this Joseph's kid? Billy, didn't you have him in math class? You see, there's, there's, a, there's a tendency for us to look at things that are common and treat them with dishonor. Stay with me for a second here. There's an old saying that says, you know, um, familiarity breathes contempt. It's this idea that when you get familiar with something, right, you start to show contempt or you start to show dishonor because it's so familiar to you. I see this all the time. I remember I was working at Boeing and I had a coworker and he just had a foul mouth. And, And man, the way he started talking about his wife, that she's this and she's that and the the 
the names he would call his wife. And I, I was just looking at him in disbelief, and I tried to gently kind of nudge him because he's talking in front of all these coworkers, and I'm trying to gently nudge him. But in essence, what I'm trying to tell him, I'm like, bro, listen, we are your coworkers. Tomorrow, we're not going to work together anymore. And you got to go on with your life. I'm going to go on with my life. You don't have to prove to me that you're a man or so on and so forth. But your wife is the person you're sleeping with. Your wife is the, the, the mom who, who brought forth your kids. And the, the dishonor that you have for, for your wife is just unprecedented. This is the person that you've dated. This is the person that you've honored. This is the person that you, every single time you met her at the beginning, you, you loved. And, and now because she's familiar, because she's just there every single day, you start treating her with dishonor. Every single time I hang out with my married friends and I see some, you know, we watch, you know, some, some show on TV and, you know, here you have a couple that is married and their wife starts talking like, oh, look, look at that guy is just so hot. And her husband is just sitting there like an idiot, right? Like he's just sitting there like, and I'm like the dishonor you have, this is your husband. This is the guy who, who laid his life for you. Now I'm not trying to be crass here. But we start to, to, to treat things, you know, with dishonor. Your parents, you know, they're the raised and, and, and did all these things for you. They come to a point where, where you ha- they have to beg you for a phone call. Where they're just not cool anymore. You're too cool for them. And, too, and they're too old school. Well, they weren't too old school to wipe you when you were a baby. They, they weren't too old school for that. So we start to treat everything as sort of familiar. And no wonder that carries into the house of God. And we start treating pastors like, I don't, that pastor, the, the things that you start saying about pastors and the leaders and all that. And you start treating with dishonor. And then you leave from church to church to church. And then you wonder why nothing in your spiritual life works. Why? Because what you've been sowing, the dishonor that you've been showing, no wonder you're not getting a pastor's reward. Because you've been treating your pastor as common and not as a pastor, you get what you are treating them as. So what Jesus is saying here is that just because I said this to you, that in this day, this law has been fulfilled, and now you're treating me with dishonor. And he says that he left without doing too many miracles because they refused to accept him as the Messiah, as king, as, you know, a prophet, as a miracle worker. So, so who lost here? It was them. I'm sure that in that vicinity, there was people that needed healing. I'm sure that not vicinity needed the people in desperate need of the Messiah. But because they treated him with dishonor, they did not receive a prophet's reward. They did not receive a healer's reward because of that. It amazes me. Like, I'll preach the same message. I'll preach at our church in, when I used to be at North Campus. That's not this campus. Just that, North Campus. Right? Like, where I preach a sermon, and, and you call to, to prayer, and then nobody shows up. And then finally a guy shows up, right? And you take the same sermon, and you go somewhere in California, you preach it, and everyone shows up. Why? Because they came with the ex- expectation that this is a man of God, and I want to receive something from the Lord. But when we look at our pastors and leaders and your small group leader, you start treating with dishonor, and then no wonder you're not getting that reward. A lot of people, like, I, I see this in my own life where, is, where I have pastors, and, uh, and then I have, you know, people that I pastor, and I'm also friends with them. And there's always that, you know, kind of, there's always that little blurred in between where people, they don't really know how to treat you. Should they treat you as a pastor or as a friend? Right? Right? Here's the problem with that. If you treat him as a friend, you're going to get a 
friend's reward. If you treat him as a pastor, you're going to get a pastor's reward. So, so when it comes to Jesus, if you look at Jesus as someone who's a great teacher, you might get a teaching. If you think like, oh, Jesus is a great philosopher, you might get a great philosophy. Right? If you think that Jesus is just a nice guy, well, that's all you're going to get is somebody saying nice things. But if you treat him as Lord, if you treat him as a prophet, if you treat, treat him as who he, he says he is, and that is God himself, then you get a reward like salvation. You get a reward, a word that can change your life and transform you. You want to win? You want to win in God's kingdom? This is a place where you can no longer bring your democratic mindset, but this is a place where you start showing honor. In in God's kingdom, he shows up when there's sacrifice. He shows up when there's thankfulness. He shows up when there's worship. All these things point to one thing, that is honor. He shows up in the place of of people just declaring his glory. So if we're going to see that in our city, if we're going to see this in in this church, we're going to have to get to a point where we understand that we can no longer say, well, I just don't agree with how they worship and blah, blah, blah. Like you you stop doing that and say, you know what? Because the presence of God is here, regardless if I agree or disagree, I will honor the pastors. I will honor the leaders. I will honor the people that God has placed in, in my life. Look at what God is saying here in, um, there's a place um, in 1 Samuel 2.30 says, Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I promised that your branch of the tribe of Levi will always be my priest, but I will honor those who honor me, and I will despise those who think lightly of me. I will honor those who honor me, and I will despise those who think lightly of me. Uh, Isaiah 29.13, the Lord says this, These people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You know you can give lip service, but not actually honor God in your heart? You've done that to your mom at least once or twice. Which is like, clean up the room. You're just like, you're saying stuff, but you're like, I'll find, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. Leave me alone, I'll do it. That's not honor. You're not, you're just doing it because you, that's not showing her honor. Right? So God is saying the same thing, that you, you are giving me lip service, but you don't actually honor me with your heart. Because if you honor me with your heart, then every single thing in your life will honor. Every single authority that I've placed in your life, yeah, every single authority that I've placed in your life, you'll understand that's coming from me. The Word of God says that all authority, not just some, all authority comes from the Lord. And you're probably sitting there like, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Like, have you heard what the president said? Like, have you heard how many cops are there that are just corrupt? All authority is from the Lord, but not all authority is godly. Okay? Just because God is asking you to respect the office and the authority, he doesn't ask you to condone the behavior of the person. So all authority trickles down from God, but not every behavior is godly. There's people in offices of president, there's people in offices of pastorship, there's people in offices of of being a police officer that they abuse their power and they will have to answer before the Lord on that day. But nonetheless, you should honor every single office. Look at this. I want to put this in two different translations so we get a better perspective. First Peter 2.17, it says, respect some people. It doesn't say that. It says, respect everyone and love your Christian brothers and sisters. Fear God and respect the king. ESV version, 
Honor someone? Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor emperor. Honor emperor. Who's the emperor at the time that Peter's writing is? Emperor's name is Nero. Nero killed his own mom. Nero is the one who set Jerusalem on fire and was playing his little thing on the roof while watching it burn. And then he blamed Christians and then started persecuting Christians for this fire. And after that, he started to actually light these Christians on fire. That's the emperor that Peter's talking about here. And he says, honor the emperor. Wait, what? What Peter's saying here is honor the office, but he's a corrupt man. So I'm here to suggest to you that you can honor everyone. You don't have to agree with their, with their theology, worldview, so on and so forth. But as, as people of God, we need to be people of honor. We see two, uh, I want to mention two uh, stories in the Old Testament. One of them is, I believe it's in Genesis 9. We see um, that Noah, he was you know, on the boat for quite some time and then he got off the boat and he built a vineyard and he got drunk. Most people probably too after spending that much time on the, day, uh, on, on the, on the, on the water, right? Like, so he gets drunk and as he gets drunk, so, so think about this, Noah has the blessing because he's kind of like his family is the last family that survived. So he has the blessing to declare on the whole world, right? So he, in his human wickedness, he gets drunk, and is naked before, you know, everyone. And he says that his son saw him and started to show dishonor, started to make fun of him, started to go around saying, well, did you hear what dad is doing right now? Have you seen him, how he's laying? Like, have you, what kind of dad is this? And he says that he had two other sons, and these sons... So the first son's name was Ham that actually did this. And then he has two other sons. And then two other sons, as an honor and respect, they take a covering and they back into the, you know, where Noah was laying and they covered him. And he says, when Noah woke up, he declared blessings over those two sons. But a lot of people think that Noah cursed Ham, but that's not what happened. Noah cursed Ham's son, Canaan. Noah cursed his future generation, Ham's future generation. I want to suggest to you that the honor that you show, there's a reward for that. There's a blessing or a curse. And it's not, it doesn't just stop with you. It's going to go down, down your legacy. If you're disrespectful to your parents, wait until your parents, I mean, wait until you are a parent. You know, it's funny how as you grow, you, when you turn 16, apparently your parents at that time, your parents don't know anything. And then you turn 23, and then you start to like realize, okay, your parents actually know a lot. And then you, from what I'm told, you have kids, and you really think your parents know a lot. It wasn't that they changed, it's just your attitude changed towards them. So it goes past that. Another episode that I want to show is, is Hannah. Hannah is this woman who was barren, and she doesn't have, you know, she doesn't, she can't actually have a baby and she's constantly praying lord would you show me favor would you honor me lord would you show me because if you show me this favor and i can have a son i promise you i will dedicate the son to you 
And as she's praying in the temple, right? As she's saying, she, her, her, her lips are moving, but she's not really saying anything out loud. And the priest comes out and says, you've had too much wine, you should go home. Translation, go home, Hannah, you're drunk. She could have said, oh, you're a priest. How dare you? Like, how dare you say, I'm praying here for my son. What are you talking about? Like, what kind of pastor are you? What kind of priest? She could have said that. She could have showed dishonor. But that's not what she does. She says, no, my Lord, I'm not drunk. I'm here because I, I need to hear from the Lord. I need to have a son. And I promise that if, if I have a son, I will give him back to the Lord. And he says that Hannah actually goes home and the priest says, go home. God will fulfill this request, right? She has a kid. And you know what the kid is? The kid, his name is Samuel, one of the greatest prophets that has ever lived in the Old Testament. Because she honored authority when the authority was not exactly doing the right thing. No pastor should go around and looking at people praying and saying, you're drunk, go home. Right? But because she showed honor, regardless of how she felt about that situation, there's a reward in that. So, so, so my thing to you is this, is that there is a reward for showing honor. And there's so many places that we have to show honor. So where, what are the places that we should show honor? First of all, start with honoring everyone. You shouldn't be going around talking about people, their problems, you have your, yours. Bring those before the Lord. Amen? Start honoring everyone. You know, now, if we look at the, the word honor in Greek, it says, it's this word, timi. And it, 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 it's basically meaning that you add value. When you honor someone, you add value. Like, you value them. You don't, tread, uh, you don't treat them as everyday common things. You value them. So honor can be attributed, or honor can be kind of like earned, right? Like, some, someone goes and conquers something. They earn that honor. We're talking about here is attributing honor. Regardless who is in the office of the president of the United States, I, I want to suggest to you that you can respect the, the, the authorities that we have in our life. At the same time, you know, be for people that are marginalized and immigrants and, and extend a, a helping hand to people that are here maybe illegally and, and try to because at the end of the day, they're still, they're still people. You can respect, you know, the police and at the same time, you know, try to correct some of the wrongs in our communities. A lot of times when we, and this is where we kind of start getting in trouble, right? When we look at police, well, yeah, if you're driving down the highway and you start seeing a Christmas light show in your rearview mirror because you've been driving like you've been driving 90 miles an hour, this is not a time to rebuke the devil. This is a time to pray for mercy. That police officer is not working for the devil. He's working for the Lord. And he's enforcing the laws that the God has set forth. Now, sometimes authority can be corrupt. And I don't want to dismiss that. Maybe you had parents that were not godly. Should you respect them? Should you obey them? Maybe you had a police officer that's asking you to do something that's not godly. Should you respect them and obey them? Well, honor and authority, it goes on all in a chain. There's higher authorities, right? So you need to obey your parents to the extent they obey what, the, what Jesus says. Okay? If they're asking you to do something that's ungodly, obviously you don't respect that, that authority. In the sense that you don't, you don't do... If your parents is telling you to go sin, you understand there's an authority above them, and that is Christ. 
But if what they're asking you is a godly thing, if they ask you to help around the house, it's, that, that shouldn't be that big of a deal. We have to respect the authority and the honor that set forth, that God set forth, right? So look at this, honor everyone. It says that Psalm, um, so, so, so then the question becomes, before I read that, right, why should you honor every single person? There's some people that are in jail and they're very corrupt. Why should you honor them? Okay, look at this. Psalm 8, 4 says this. What are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. Yet you made them uh, only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. So, so what I'm asking you to understand is every single human being is made in the image of God. And maybe you, 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 I'm not asking you to honor the things that they do that's corrupt. I'm asking you to respect that image on that person. I'm asking you to understand that God created human beings in his own image. And he, he placed his glory. And the human being is the crown jewel of his creation. And I'm asking you to respect and honor that. Does that make sense? So in every single person, there's, yeah, that, that image could be tainted by sin and corrupted by sin. But at the end of the day, it's still the image of God. And you need to respect that. That's why you shouldn't be going around and, and posting videos of, of girls beating each other down because they are made in the image of God. That's why you shouldn't be going around watching porn because you are, are belittling and you're treating co- things common. You, you, you take what God has created as something that is, that is amazing and you start to treat, him, treat a person like a piece of meat. That's the problem. You've got to look at every single person and say, somewhere in there, there's the image of God and I'm going to respect and honor that. I don't respect anything that you do and your behavior and if it's corrupt. Remember, Apostle Paul even says that, that our fight is not against flesh and blood. Our fight is against dominions. It's about the dark kingdom. That's what you should be fighting against, not people. So, so that's why we don't go around gossiping about others in our church because that's belittling people in our church that are creating God's image. That's why you don't go around and, and say things about your parents that, that, that raised you up and paid all your bills. Well, my parents didn't pay anything for my bills. Well, they, you know, they raised you. You should be thankful. You know, and if, if, if you didn't have those kind of parents, I'm sorry. We got to honor and give honor to whoever was due. So start with everyone. Next thing is, is that we have to honor us, our civil authorities, the president, the police force, you know, I, this morning, I, was, I went to print a sermon from, from my office, and I was pulling out. There was a whole bunch of police officers. And, he, you know, there's a guy there that kind of looks a little bit slender than I am. I could look at him and be like, Psh, I don't have to do what he's, he's asking me to do because he was directing traffic. I'm like, Psh, I, pr- I can probably take him, so I don't have to. No, like, you can't do that because behind that badge stands all authority of the police force. So you need to, to respect that. You need to honor that authority. Uh, look at this. Romans 13.1 says, Everyone must submit to governor, uh, governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in position of authority have been placed there by God. Argue with that. We have to start respecting, regardless who's in office. We, at the end of the day, we're not you know, Republicans or Democrats. We are a people of honor. We are a people of the kingdom of God. 
And we need to respect their authorities in our lives. I, it, to me, it amazes me every single time like we have a small group and somebody says, I have a testimony, I have a testimony. And somebody goes like, yeah, so, so I, was, I was running from the cops. And, um, you know, as I was running, like, I just pulled into the driveway and the cop, but, and I was just like sitting in the driveway and just thanking God. And I'm, think, I'm like, that's not a testimony. No, you should, be, <laughs> you should be fined for this. You should, go, you know, like running from police, uh, police officers is not a good thing. This is not a testimony. And like, I don't want to say that in front of everyone, but I'm just thinking like something wires crossed there wrongly because it's not, it's not, you got to respect authority. Next thing is that we have to respect the authority of our parents. Like him or not, they gave you birth. It amazes me. Did you know that in the Old Testament, if a son was very, very rebellious, then they would take him out and stone him? Kind of crazy. I'm just thankful that I live in the New Testament era, and uh, I live by grace. Thank you, Lord, because I've been so disrespectful at times to my parents. But God takes, because look at this. Um... When it comes to Ephesians 6, 1, it says, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have long life on earth. There's a, there's, there's a commandment to honor them with a promise that if you do, you will live a long and happy life here on earth. What, what, what else is better than that? What else is, for, for this time that we have, and obviously there's eternity, that's way better, but I'm saying for the time that we have here on earth, what's better than having a long and happy and satisfying life? And God hides this promise in obeying your parents. You know why? Because honoring your parents is one of the most important things you'll ever do in life. We all know kids that don't honor anyone, and it's most likely started because they never honor their parents. Parents are the first authorities in a kid's life. And you get older, and you start to kind of say things about them and gossip about them. I, I, I love my parents so much. My dad passed into eternity. My mom, she called me from time to time and said, Slavik, would you just, would you, like, when, before I, when I lived at home, she would just wait on the, on the steps of my house until I come home. But then now, she just calls me and says, Slavik, would you... Would you just call me from, from time to time and just tell me that you're okay? Like, I, I'm, I, I've been praying for you, but just tell me that you're okay. I, I just want to hear your voice and hear that you're okay. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, first of all, it's, it's very humbling. Like, uh, but I want to tell you this story of this mother. Um, so there's this guy. This is a true story that happened in history. His name is Peter Richley. You can look him up. And he is 1829, I believe, 1829. So he's going on a ship to travel, and his ship sinks, and he survives somehow. So he get, goes in, uh, so, so this other boat, a few days later, comes by, picks him up, and that boat sinks too. So he's back in the water. A third boat comes, I, I am not making this up, like this is a real story. A third boat comes by, right, and... He is rescued again, and then that boat sinks again. A fourth boat comes along. You're like, how many boats are there? There's a lot, right? The fourth one sinks too. And then the fifth boat comes, 
the, the, the boat name, I think, was the city of Leeds. So they bring him on board. This one didn't, sh- didn't sink. Four of them sank. And he still didn't make it to his destination. Imagine that. Like, God, why don't you just kill me? Like, just, I'm ready to die already, right? Like, like what a cursed trip, you think, right? So he gets on this boat, right? And they give him new clothes and they dry him up. And the doctor says, hey, look, um, thank, you know, and the guy's like, I'm so thankful you guys saved me. I hope this boat doesn't sink, right? Um, and the doctor's like, hey, listen, I have an unusual request. Um, since you are new on here, um, we have this woman that is, is literally dying, and we know she doesn't have much to live. But she is constantly saying, Lord, please don't, don't let me die until I see my son, right? He says, would you pretend to be her son? And he's like, well, I owe you guys my life. I mean, maybe this, this is what I was saved for, to just, to just kind of come and give this woman some hope, right? So under the pretense of a lie, he walks in and realizes that the woman is his mom, Sarah Richley. And she's been praying the whole time because they've been separated for 15 years. And she's been praying for this guy, for, his son, uh, for her son, sorry, to, to, to come home. And, and obviously, a lot of crying, and she acts, actually gets better. And this, this, this story became really famous in, you know, in, in, that, in that time. What a powerful thing to see a mother's prayer. I've, I don't think we'll ever know the, the love, unless you are a mom in this place, you know how you love your kids. And for us as kids to show dishonor, how is that right? Well, maybe your mom is not as godly as this woman is. I get that. But she still gave you life. Obviously, life came from God. But So, so my thing is, is honor your parents. Honor your mom and your dad. Call them. Because there's also a promise to do that. But even if there wasn't, you should honor them. Amen? I'm going to close here soon, but the last thing that I want to ask you to honor is church authority. People that are serving with you in the church. It's so easy to go around and talk about pastors, but realize that us pastors, we're human too. We make mistakes. And if you don't think that, join our leadership team. You'll know all my flaws. You'll know Pastor Yuri's flaws. You're going to find them really quick. But I hope that in our church, we are a church where we don't cover up sin, but we cover each other's blind side. When we are exposed, and all of us have nakedness, like I'm just going to, you know, if you don't think you have problems in your life, wait until you get into the parking lot and like <laughs> moving the car. What, what? All of us have that. All, have, all of us have moments where we, we just kind of, you know, say things that we shouldn't say and, and do things that we shouldn't do. And just like the, this priest with, with Hannah, right? When, when he comes out and he says things that like, like, what are you doing? What are you saying? This woman's trying to pray. I hope that we are a church that we, we honor every single one amongst us. Look at this. In 1 Timothy 5.17, uh, I'm sorry, says this, let the elders who rule well be consider, considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. Yeah, I know it's a little bit self-serving here, 
right? But he's saying those who are feeding you, honor them. If this is how, going back to what I said at the beginning, is how you treat the person is what reward you're going to get. If you treat them as friends, you might get a friendship. If you treat them as preachers and men of God, you might get a life-changing, you know, word. If you treat them as a prophet, you might get a prophecy. So, so I said all that to say this. Why honor all these authorities? Because Jesus honored everyone. He honored his parents. Jesus honored his father at the point of he died to himself. And he started to imagine the son of God, the one who created the universe. How do you fit all that glory? It's like, you know, when you have shoes that don't fit and you're trying to make them fit and they're like three sizes smaller, it don't fit. How do you take all that glory, right? And put them and, and compress it all into one a helpless baby, into one human being that comes and serves you and me, that washes our feet. How do you take all that? Well, Jesus has done that. Jesus is asking you to have the same attitude towards, towards everyone around you. It's to be a servant, not to consider yourself higher than, than others. But to say, I'm here to serve you. Honor is not just something that we say. Honor is something that we do. It's in the heart. It, it moves in every single area of our, of our life. And I challenge you that maybe after this, start honoring people. There's so many ways of doing that. There's honor. You can just get on social media and just call someone that's been pouring into your life. And maybe people don't know about it. Honor them. Honor them in church. Those people that are setting up this and those people who are helping the city, like you guys know who you are. I, I come here and I just look pretty and I preach, but you guys are the one who are hauling this stage. And, and those people need to be honored. You are small group leaders that, you know, they have, someday they have 20 people and someday they have three and two of them are their siblings, right? But they keep on going. Honor them. It's not just right in light of God's kingdom. There's also a reward for that. And look at this. John 10, 10. I'm sorry, John 1, 10. says, He came to the very world He created, but the world didn't recognize Him. He came to His own people, and even they rejected Him. But to all, but to all, but to all who believed in Him and accepted Him, He gave them the right to become children of God. What He's saying here is that Jesus came to the world that He's created. God, God Almighty, transcended eternity and came into our world, but the world didn't see Him as that. Even His own people, which are the, the nation of Israel, they rejected Him. But to all, all of those who accepted Him, as the Son of God, He gave them the right to become children of God. What an amazing reward. So my question to you this morning, who is Jesus to you? Is He just a friend? Because if He's just a friend, you, all you're going to get is a friendship. If, if He's a teacher, all you're going to get is just a teaching. If He's a philosopher, a nice guy, all those things. And surely in church, we should know who Jesus is. He's of course who he says he is. Son of God, King of all the universe, Lord of all lords, deserving all honor and glory. And because you accept him as that, you get a reward of salvation. So my question to you is, have you accepted Jesus 
as not just your friend. I, I hear so many times people talking about God with such almost disrespect and irreverency, like, oh, the guy upstairs. Jesus, my homeboy. What, what happened to actually saying that Jesus is king? He is Lord. He is a friend. But let's not discredit any of these other things. So have you accepted him as Lord and Savior? Have you accepted him as king of the universe? Because if he is Lord, I don't get to say, well, Jesus, I just, don't, I just disagree with that. I just disagree with that. I don't get to say that because he is Lord. Ultimately, what he says goes. And then when I come to him in humility and honor him, I can understand that every single other authority that he has set in my life, I can honor that and respect that. And I hope that as sit in the hill, we are known as a church of people who honor. Now, I understand this message wasn't as funny this morning and so on and so forth, but I think this needs to be talked about. We need, and I hope, you know, some preachers say like, Lord, make me better. I say, God, convict us this morning. For every single time we gossip, every single time we dishonor, every single time we, sh- we show shame instead of honor. Thank you for listening to Eternal Stance. My hope is that these messages will help you to live in light of eternity. If this podcast is a blessing to you, would you share with other people? Thank you in advance, and until next time, God bless you.